Oh, the roller coaster of marriage. <laughs> it's so good to see everyone here today. How many joined us last week at Sand Key on the beach? Wasn't that exciting? That was an exciting, exciting night. I want to let you know, if you've not picked up your baptism certificate, you can get that in the lobby at the information desk. We have that for you. But man, that's one of my favorite things that we do as we join as a church to see new life in what God has done. Is there anyone visiting with us for the first time? Will you raise your hand? We just want to make you feel welcome. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Those that are watching online, we're so thankful that you've joined us as well. You're all part of our family. We love you. We're grateful for you. And we pray that this message blesses you today. This is week three of a series that we've called First Comes Love. And in this series, we really set forth some relationship goals that we need to have if we really want our relationships to be the very best that God wants them to be. So each week, I've gone to hashtag relationship goals on Instagram, and I've taken some of those. There's 21 million posts under hashtag relationship goals. So this week, I decided to pull some that were the opposite of relationship goals. This is not what many people are praying for in this moment as I show these pictures. Here's the first one. Raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by your own taste in men. Anyone? Anyone? You can see the, a lot of pain in those eyes right there. Can you see the pain? The next one. A lot of people need this. When you have to stop your best friend from getting into the wrong relationship. There are adult boxes that we're selling in the North Lobby for those that have children that you are like freaking out about some of the relationships they're getting in. That's the best way to stop them. And the final picture we have today, I am one bad relationship away from having 30 cats. I do wanna let you know this is the last day that I'm gonna talk about cats for one year. I've gotten your emails, I've gotten some of your texts on Messenger, I've gotten a few people. Um, it's all in good fun for you cat lovers. Um, pray for me if you're a cat lover. For those that don't love cats, come on, all right. It's important as we go through what real relationship goals look like, we begin to really talk openly about what relationships really look like. We live in a world that wants to destroy relationships. It's very, very real. The battle is very, very real. You see, nobody gets into a marriage with goals that say things like this. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy whatever I want. You know, better than that, I'm gonna max out every credit card I'm gonna eat out every single night. I'm gonna buy a house that I can't afford and then me and my spouse are going to argue every day about money. No one ever has that relationship goal. On a, a serious note, no one wakes up one day and says, you know what, today I wanna become a porn addict. I think I'm just gonna watch things I shouldn't watch, get addicted to the thrills of this, end, this whole um, scene and what images go into my head, and then I'll no longer have real intimacy because now I'm addicted to fake, phony, and things that aren't real. Nobody ever wakes up and says, you know what, today, I'm gonna start telling some small, small lies to my spouse. 
Now, these small lies will eventually lead to larger lies, which then our entire marriage will be based on one big lie, and I'm going to deceive the person that I love the most and break their heart. You see, nobody has the goal of doing that, but yet so many people will just creep into that area of their life, and it starts small, but small sin always leads to larger sin, and sin always brings destruction and death to whatever area of our life that we're a part of. Nobody says, I want to get busy. I just want to get married and then get busy. I want to neglect my spouse. In fact, I think I'm going to work three jobs and get caught up with my hobbies on the nights that we're not working, and then eventually we're going to drift apart and become roommates. No one ever says that. But yet so many people are living right there because they've allowed things to drift in and it causes other things to happen and it causes pain and it causes hurt and it causes division. That's why we're doing this series. We're talking about how to be intentional with our marriages, for those that are single, to our future marriages, for those that are divorced, towards the healing of where you come from and possibly where you're gonna go in a future marriage. God has not just blessed you with a spouse to get by, to just be good enough, to do just enough to keep that spouse there maybe for another year. You see, God brought us all together for a reason. Husband and wife, he united. The main goal of our marriage isn't happiness. Happiness is based on something that's happening around us, but it's based on unity. It's based on a unity of heart to conquer the enemy, to be a team, to bring people in our world closer to Jesus. It all starts with our hearts coming together and being unified with these relationship goals that we're talking about. The first week we talked about having a Christ-centered marriage. So many people, especially in the Christian world, they say, you know what? I'm gonna give God an hour and 10 minutes. And Pastor Glenn, if you go over that hour and 10 minutes, I don't know if I'm coming next week. And then they wonder, I don't know why things aren't really working because I'm willing to give God part of my life, but I'm not allowing God to be the center of all of my life. You want to have a good marriage? Invite Christ to be the center of it all. The center of your time, the center of your children, the center of your hobbies, the center of your mission in life. When Christ is the center of it all, there's nothing gonna hold you back from an explosive, powerful, just intimate relationship. We too, we talked about having a mission-driven marriage. Not to just be going in two separate directions, going, 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 but to come together with a common mission that you both share the same loves and the same hates, the same desires to make a difference with your life to change the world and your world for Jesus Christ. This week, we're talking about having a devil-kicking marriage. The battle's real. The enemy is alive and he wants to destroy our lives and our marriage. It is time for couples to come together and say, no more. We're gonna fight for our marriage. Satan, you're under our feet. You're under our feet, and we are going to kick your butt out the door in Jesus' name. Next week, we're talking about the importance of knowing that you have a covenant-keeping marriage. Covenant. 
It's the strongest word in Scripture. It means bound together, something that is permanently bound together, where two have permanently become one. We're going to talk about that next week. But this week we're talking about having a devil-kicking marriage. You see, the enemy hates God. And everything that matters to God, and he hates you. The devil hates you. And he wants to destroy every area of your life. But so often we think our spouse is our enemy. And we think that our spouse is the one causing all of this disruption and pain and hurt. But there is an enemy that is very real that we're going to talk about today. And we need to be on guard and alert for what's happening. Let's look at Ephesians in your notes. Chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says, put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Everyone say stand firm. Put on the armor so you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. See, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and the authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. So many people, they, they look at that and they think, oh, that's not real. That's just in the movies, light and darkness, good spirits and bad. Listen, the word of God, every part of this word is absolute truth. And there is an enemy and dark forces that are coming up against you and your marriage and your relationships and bringing struggles and temptations into your life. We need to recognize where it's come from and realize that whatever God blesses, Satan curses. Whatever God loves, the devil hates. So maybe you're in a relationship right now in your marriage where you're feeling frustrated or feeling angry. Maybe you're upset or hurt. Maybe you're afraid and you don't know what the future is going to hold and you're concerned. You feel like your marriage is hanging by a thread. Maybe you've lost trust. Hear this. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is the devil who wants to destroy everything about you. We are fighting spiritual forces. The devil, though, realize this, he's sneaky. He's deceptive. He's a great deceiver, and the devil is planning an attack on each one of our lives, whether it's happening now or it's happening in the future. He is planning an attack to destroy every area of our life. So what if you knew, what if you knew that a thief or a murderer was watching you, was watching your every move, was spying on you, spying on your wife, spying on your kids, going to your kid's school and spying on you, just waiting for that moment to come in to kill, to steal, and destroy your family? What would you do? Would you just let it happen? No, I, I think what you'd begin to do is you'd be, begin to prepare yourselves for the attack that may be coming your way. Maybe you are planning on how to defend your family. Not anyone is going to mess with my family. So you're going to begin to pre prepare for that. Maybe you're going to have bars on your windows or install a security system. Maybe you're going to install motion detection lights. Maybe you're going to buy a dog that bites. You're maybe... You'll probably put up a sign that says, you step into my house, my dog will bite you and possibly kill you. It's a good sign. You're probably gonna tell your neighbors. You're gonna warn your family. 
You're going to keep watch. Let me tell you this. If you knew that was happening, you would pray. I don't care where you are spiritually. If you knew that somebody was watching to destroy you, you would pray. And you would come up with a plan to defend yourself. Well, guess what's happening? There is an enemy doing just that. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your kids' lives. He wants to destroy your marriage. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So that is happening. So this is what the Word of God says that we need to do with that getting ready to happen in our lives. It is happening. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Stay alert. Don't let your guard down. Be awake. Have your eyes wide open. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. See, the, never, the devil never announces, hey, by the way, I'm gonna attack you today. He's more deceptive than that. Maybe you, you like, we're doing good, Pastor Glenn. Why are you trying to freak me out? No, listen, this is very real because the enemy wants to destroy your marriage and destroy your life. In your notes, point number one, the devil often attacks with distractions and seductions. Distractions are everywhere, and it's nothing new. Biblically, there were distractions that were happening with godly men and women to try to bring them down over and over because since the Garden of Eden, the devil has been on attack. We saw it with Adam and Eve and the fruit. We see it with King Solomon and his desire to please people. We see Judas and his love for money was the distraction that destroyed his, his life. But I want to look at a powerful verse today out of the Song of Solomon. And it's Solomon, he's pursuing the Shulamite woman. Solomon, 700 wives, 300 concubines. What a nut. And now he's pursuing the Shulamite woman. So in scripture here, he begins to compliment the Shulamite woman. Now listen to how his compliments are so biblical. Beloved, your hair is like a flock of goats. <laughs> Elaine, your hair, your hair is like a flock of goats. If I said that to her, she'd be like, you know what? You can just go, go out on our date night by yourself. And, and then it goes further. It says, your neck is like the Tower of David. <laughs> can you imagine Solomon, here he is, flirting. Got his hand in his pocket. Hey, here's his pickup line. Hey, Shulanite woman, how's it going? Hey, by the way, your neck, whew, your neck. It's like a tower of David. What? Well, that, that would make you want to be with a guy. Oh, wow. That, yeah, wow. Thanks, babe. But no, you see, what ends up happening here, he shifts his tone into a very serious moment in Scripture. He shifts it from being a flirtatious man to a very serious moment that we're going to look at today. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, starting in verse 14. It says, 
catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. You see, foxes, they ate the blossoms, so the blossoms would never fall to the, the ground, and it would ruin their, ha- their harvest. So what Solomon was saying is, watch out in your relationships the little things that can destroy The little things that you would never think would matter, but they're little foxes that the enemy uses to bring into your heart that will cause you possibly to get irritated, that will cause possibly a wall to begin to be built between you and your spouse. Notice the little things that maybe you don't ever even talk about. They seem harmless. You barely even notice, but those little foxes build a wall that can bring such destruction to marriage. Maybe it's just that little fox of comparison. Maybe you privately are comparing your spouse with someone at work or someone at church or someone that you've seen online or an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend. It doesn't seem like, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. But Solomon's saying, it is a big deal. It's the little foxes in our lives that brings destruction and destroys our relationships. Maybe, maybe you look, you know, my husband doesn't take me on dates anymore. He's, he's not romantic at all. Just those little foxes. There's no emotional connection. I hear that a lot. You know, we've just kind of drifted apart. Little thoughts. And then all of a sudden, you know what? The guy at work looks pretty good to me. The little things, nitpicky, meaningless, insignificant things. Maybe it's the way that you drive. Or the way that you chew food. Or the way that you slurp your spaghetti. That's actually, I slurp spaghetti. I shared that in week one. Maybe it's a cough. 30 years ago, I got this cough. And it's just like a little thing right here deep into my throat. And it would only bother me at night when I would lay down for bed. And so Elaine's like, good night, babe. I'm like, love you, great day. You know, uh, you know. <coughs> and after about 10 minutes, she goes, really? Get up. That, that cough, and praise God, the last three months, that cough has been gone. Elaine reminded me that second service. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But maybe it's little fights over money. Why did you charge that? Why did you do that? Why aren't we together? Maybe you don't have a plan or you don't have agreement to, with one another. Maybe there's areas you just don't, you don't talk about it, but you've lost trust with the person. The little foxes. Maybe one of you, you're controlling and you're critical and you pick everything apart and then the other person is passive and they're defensive and then you find yourself living a life where one of you is constantly nitpicking and, and picking apart everything and critical and the other person is like, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What a horrible way to live, but yet so many people live that way. You see, the devil knows how to trigger your anger your insecurities, your fears. 
He wants you to feel like you're not compatible. Maybe this, this wasn't God's will for my life. Distractions after distractions. Foxes after little foxes until there's a wall that is separating you and your spouse. Distractions. But there's also temptations and seductions that are rampant in today's culture everywhere. There are sexual innuendos, sexual temptations. In fact, I read an article just a couple of weeks ago where it said that 60% of divorces cite pornography as the main factor for their divorce. 60%. Ephesians chapter five, verse three. It says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. We don't want to even crack open the door. You see, that's how the enemy gets a foothold in our life. We just crack open the door to an impurity, to a sexual thought, to a sexual action, to a temptation, and the enemy puts his foot in that door and it becomes, begins to become an addiction. It begins to become an issue in our marriage. Let me, let me give you a, a little moment, a game, where we're gonna play. And I want you to tell me, is there even a hint of sexual sin in the statement? You guys can answer. Is it sin to lie to your spouse? Thank you seven people that are participating in my game. Is it, is it sin to have a steamy affair with someone that you met online? These are easy ones, guys. So it gets harder as I get going with my game here. So this is the easy one. So don't worry. It's not, these aren't trick questions. I know a lot of pastors, they do something and you answer and they're like, no, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. No, these are easy. Is, is it sin for you to binge watch porn on your phone? Is it possibly sin Maybe it's not porn, but it's a sexual movie on Netflix that contains a lot of inappropriate images that will stir things in your heart and in your mind that's not good. Oh, it's getting a little quieter. Is it, is it sin to dress provocatively, to post those photos online and to have inappropriate conversations with people of the opposite sex. You see, the Bible says not even a hint of sexual immorality. Don't crack the door open. Close the door, why? Because we are devil-kicking people in our marriage. We are not gonna allow the cares of this world, the temptations that are gonna come this way, we're gonna attack them because we have all authority over the enemy. We've read the end of the book, haven't we? The devil's destination is in the lake of fire. We win, and we have all authority over these temptations in Jesus' name. Impurity is poison to the soul, poison to the spirit, poison to a marriage, poison to the point that that becomes all that you can think about and it consumes every part of your life. What if you walked into your home and you saw in the corner a rattlesnake? 
Oh my goodness, there's a rattlesnake. Elaine, there's a rattlesnake in our kitchen. I'm not, I'm not gonna go to that rattlesnake. I think I'm outside of his striking distance. I'm not gonna do that. Because if that rattlesnake bites me, I know I just stepped over the rattlesnake. I know some of y'all are freaked out there. There's poison that's gonna enter my body and possibly kill me. But yet, we're doing the same thing with sexual temptation, flirtation, sexual sin. We're like, I'm gonna get as close as I can because it feels good. It feels good to my ego. It feels good to have someone else tell me how good I look or how great I am and how much I have a great person. Now, I'm gonna get as close as I can. Guess what happens? And we see it over and over and over in today's culture. People get as close as they can and the enemy bites and they find themselves completely fallen into an inappropriate relationship, inappropriate actions, and sin. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm not going to flirt with that snake. I'm going to stay away from that. And no matter how much the temptation may come, we have the authority over temptations in our life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 14, it says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of the evildoers. Avoid it. Avoid it. When you see it, when you see the temptation, you see it in the future, avoid it. Take a different route. Walk a different way. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Distance yourself from anything that could possibly cause destruction in your marriage. So for some of you, you might need to have a block on your phone that will limit your access to what you watch online. Don't eat Lunch with the opposite sex. Well, Pastor Glenn, that's, that's business. I have to. If some of you would see me at a Panera Bread and I was having lunch with a 25-year-old knockout blonde without my wife, what would you think? What would, even the appearance of that, but I would be putting myself in a position where I could stumble and I could fall. You see, that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do to bring destruction to our marriage. You know, as a, as a church staff, we have lines and boundaries that we put up that pastors and staff members must follow. They're not allowed to ride one-on-one -on -one with anyone else that's of the opposite sex other than their spouse. If they are, they, they are brought in and reprimanded, reprimanded. They're not allowed to do that. Not allowed to have meals with people of the opposite sex. We want to put protection and barriers in front of our people to not even give a hint, to not even give a deceptive look of what may be happening around us. Don't have ongoing conversations with the wrong people on social media. And you know it's wrong. And you know that what could happen and how it could progress would only bring destruction to your marriage. So many people, they do that. They have a private life that is secret that nobody knows about. And they have these conversations over and over with people. All that's going to do is put you in a fantasy world that will destroy your marriage. Don't follow people visually or relationally that's going to tempt you. Stay away from old boyfriends. 
Notice the term on that? Old boyfriends. Stay away from old girlfriends. You've been there with them. You probably kissed them. You've held their hand. Why do you need to have a relationship with that person? You're just setting ourselves up for temptation and failure. Maybe you're vulnerable in the gym. My goodness, these workout clothes. Golly. It's, it's like less than nothing that people wear. And if that's causing you to think the wrong thoughts, that's causing you to allow your mind to go into, then work out at home. I just bought some dumbbells on Amazon for $24.99. If you can't handle Instagram because you're flipping through inappropriate images, delete it. If you have a, a dangerous relationship at work, move to another department. Change jobs. We have to fight to protect our marriages. It's not a simple thing. It's not easy. We have to fight for it. But Pastor Glenn, it's a dollar more an hour. Well, then work for a dollar less an hour and have a good, strong marriage that's protected with healthy borders and boundaries. In your notes, why fight a temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it now? We can eliminate things right now that could be setting us up for failure because the enemy is looking for a crack, just a crack that he can stick his foot in and bring destruction. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, so if you think that you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. I love that. There's a period and then there's a statement. And God is faithful. When you're tempted, God is faithful. When things are not going your way, God is faithful. When you're in the middle of a troubled marriage, God is faithful. Say that statement over your life and your marriage. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I love that scripture. God will always provide a way out. When you're in the middle of temptation, say, oh, there's no way out, I'm stuck. God's promises are all true. There is always a way out of temptation. You have to look for it, you have to desire it, and you have to fight for that way out. Maybe you're not married. I wanna to talk to the non-married people every week. First, if you know people that are married that need to hear this, pass this along to them. But there are distractions that are happening for all of us. And it's important that every day we seek God. Become the person that you wanna marry today. Don't wait till next week. Don't say, well, this is my time just to be wild, to be crazy. No, today is the day we need to serve God with our whole heart. If we're honest, some of us, have been distracted from our first love with Jesus Christ. Maybe temptations, maybe distractions, but I want you to know what you do today, it matters. Things that you do, the way that you pray, the way that you seek after God today is what's gonna make a difference in your tomorrow. In your notes, this is a statement we've had every week. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. The devil will attack. So we have to be alert. We have to be prepared. 
We have to eliminate distractions. We have to be on guard. But we have to be honest. Look at where you're at. Look at your circumstances. Look at the way your life is set up. And put yourself in a position to win in your marriage. Maybe there are spiritual attacks that you're right now facing. In your notes, you're only as strong as you are honest. We have to be honest with ourselves. So what God blesses, Satan curses. We need to pray. We need to join our hearts together as husband and wife. Pray, seek God together. When the attack is coming, turn the prayers up even more so because we have all authority over the devil. We have to wake up and say, not today, devil. You have no place in this home. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Let's go. Let's go. It's not just Tom Brady saying, let's go at the Super Bowl. We need to face our day when the temptations come. Let's go. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. There is nothing the devil's gonna do that's gonna hinder my marriage because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world in Jesus' name. I wanna proclaim these blessings over you today. That no weapon formed against us in our marriage, in our home, in our neighborhood will prosper in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We are truly overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You're not battling your spouse. You're not battling against flesh and blood. You're battling the devil himself and the enemies of darkness. Take authority over those enemies in Jesus' name. You've gotta fight for your marriage. When it feels like you're fighting alone, Maybe your other spouse is the passive one, disengaged. Fight together. It's worth the fight. Wives, I want to speak to you just for a second before I close. Maybe you're tempted to criticize or tempted to gossip. Maybe you got that best friend where you just unload all the negative things about your spouse. That's not going to help. Maybe you're in a place where you're resenting your husband. I want to encourage you, instead of dwelling and filling your mind with all these critical thoughts, all these negative things, turn on the prayer life. Bring encouragement to your husband. You know the number one love language that men have are words of affirmation. You could be having a good day with, a, with your husband and you'll just stop and say, you know what, you look extra, extra good looking today. If Elaine says that to me, I'm like, well, let me go look in the mirror then. I guess. <laughs> you have the ability to turn things in a moment with the words that you say. Build him up. Let him know that you still believe in him, that together we're gonna get through this, that you believe in us. And men, this may be bold, but I want you to hear this. Get up and lead your family well. Get involved in the church. Be the one that says, honey, I know you're tired. We need to go to, our, to church today. Our kids need the youth ministry. Our kids need what's happening. I'm gonna fight like a man for our marriage. I'm gonna fight like a man of God for our marriage. In fact, guys, I wanna give you a hint. Each week I've been giving the guys a little hint to help. Us guys, it's hard for us. Sometimes we'll listen to something and tell our wives, that was good, that really wasn't for me. No, this is for you. Listen, listen. 
we have a marriage conference one day. It's not two days. It's not three days. It's one day for five hours. One day for five hours to invest in your marriage. If you're single, to invest in your future marriage. You be the one to say, hey, sugar, you know what? I really want to go to that. And then whisper in her ear, the romantic, this is so romantic. They're having Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, babe. All Christians love Chick-fil-A. But what, what we're going to have, we have two of the most dynamic speakers in Florida that's going to come and pour into us. Pour into us in our marriage, in our relationships. We're going to have different pastors on staff have breakout sessions to talk very specifically. One's going to be on money, how to budget, how to have a really healthy budget. And that's the number one cause of arguing is money. We want to help you. There's another couple of our pastors that are going to be talking about how to have young children and still have a thriving marriage when the kids are little. We're going to have another couple, Pastor Jim and Beth Calvert, are going to be sharing, as they've been married for over 45 years, how to have a wonderful marriage that's thriving 45 years later. It's going to be amazing. One of our sessions, we're going to talk about intimacy what it looks like, how to have a healthy sex life, a passionate, growing sex life together. Now, men, I know you're, you're sitting up real straight and tall, but I know I'm talking your language now. Five hours that I'm challenging everyone in this church to dedicate one day to invest in your marriage. You want to harvest? Knock out the little foxes. Knock down the walls. Allow God to be God in your marriage to bring you together. You know, if a bad guy comes into my house, I just want you to know this. If a bad guy comes into my house, my alarm goes off, and I know he's a robber that's gonna rob me, I'm not going to my, as a man, I'm not saying, hey, honey, I'm a little tired. Could you go take care of that? You know, I think we got a robber here. He may have a gun. You, you, you know, I'm not good with guns. You, you just take care of that. Listen, as a man... Us as men, we're gonna defend our home. We're gonna fight to defend our spouse. You going near the kids' room? Oh no, 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 you are not. We're gonna get it on, it's on. We're willing to die for them. We're willing to do whatever it takes to protect them. We're willing to fight for them. Church, how much more we need to fight for our marriages and the attacks that the enemy is bringing up against us. Remember, we are Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, covenant-keeping people that want the very best that God has for us. Will it take work? It will. It will. Will there be tears? Sometimes. There, there may be pain that's going to be involved, but I want you to know it's worth it all to be together with the person that you love. To look at my wife 33 years after our marriage and to have more love, passion, care than I had 33 years ago, 
There have been tears. There's been pain. There's been hurt. But oh my goodness, it's worth it all to be together, to love each other more. But this isn't a recipe for Pastor Glenn Elaine. This is biblically what God has for all of us. For all of us. To be an example to this community and to your family of walking out a loving, caring, Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, covenant-keeping marriage. It's a testimony of the goodness of our God. And it's available to all of us because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Father, we love you so much. I pray for the marriages of this church right now. I pray, God, that you would bond our hearts together. Where there's been brokenness and hurt, I pray, God, that you would bring forgiveness and healing and hope. Where it seems hopeless, hope has a name and it's Jesus. Bring hope into our marriages, into our home. I pray for every single person in this room right now. I pray, God, that you would be with them, that you would strengthen them, that, God, their goals would be set high. Father, that they would reach exactly where you desire them to be as a single. And when it's time, God, you would bring that right person into their life. I pray for those that are divorced right now. And I pray, God, that you would bring healing to where there's been such hurt, devastation, and disappointment. Bring healing to their hearts, I pray. For those that have lost their spouses, God, I can't imagine. But I pray that you would be there. When they feel alone, you're there. When they feel wounded, you're there. When they feel the loss, God, you're there. And I pray you'd wrap your arms around every widow and every widower even now as we pray and proclaim blessing over their lives. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we dismiss today, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Glenn, I don't have a Christ-centered life at all. Yeah, I may come to church once in a while, but let me tell you, church attendance does not save you. Being good enough does not save you. Why? Because Jesus came, gave his life on the cross so that you might know life, that you might know forgiveness of your sins and redemption that comes through the cross. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want Jesus. I need Jesus and I desire Jesus. And if that's you, before I dismiss, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna bring you up, but I'm gonna pray for you because when you allow Christ that rightful place on the throne of your heart, everything changes. If that's you today, you wanna respond to that, just raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Will you raise it up high and look at me? Thank you, thank you so much. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hand and your, God bless you, yes. Come over, yes, I see your hand and yours. God bless you, yes. I see your hand as well. God bless you. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer today before we dismiss? Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hands today? Just repeat this prayer for me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life and have eternal life. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Lord, 
you're my savior. You're my God. You're my best friend. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you so much, church. You're a wonderful people. I pray for you every day. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. Powerful message. Would you please stand with me now to, as we bless you. And I wanna encourage the altar prayer team to please come to the front. After I bless you and we dismiss, I wanna encourage you, if you want prayer for any reason, please see one of these altar prayer team members. And if you raised your hand, said that prayer with Pastor Glenn for the first time, we wanna bless you with the gift of this book called A Fresh Start with God. How many of you know sometimes you need a fresh start, amen? So to receive your blessing now, if you would just open your hearts or maybe turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. I wanna bless every marriage in this room. That if you're married, that you would feel the compassion and love of your spouse and that you would show compassion and love towards your spouse. And I wanna bless every single person in this room, everyone, that you would know the purpose and the joy of God's purpose for you in the future. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you, church. We'll see you on Wednesday. I hope today's service blessed you, Countryside, and I want you to know this, you are not alone. No matter where you are located in the world, here at Countryside, we're here for you. Reach out to us if you need help, if you need prayer, go to countryside.cc prayer, and if you decided to follow Jesus today, you raise your virtual hand or you raise your hand wherever you're watching, I want you to know your new life begins right now. Your old life is gone and new life has come. You are forgiven. You are pure. You are righteous in God's eyes. And this is the beginning of your journey. So let us know if we can help you in any way at all. But that's all we have for you this week. And we'll see you next Sunday.